Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are several days into training camp. We are beyond the open stadium practice at MT Bank Stadium. And we wanted to give you some of our observations for the first few days here of training camp because, right, we're, we're watching it all, right? And I know you all want to know what's going on down on the field. So uh, Garrett and I figured, hey, let's put together some uh, bullet points here and, and, and chat through what's going on. So, And this uh, is something we'll want to do throughout camp. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times uh, – you know, listeners will ask us. It's kind of the it's the classic. You know, if you uh, talk, run into a fan, uh, or you run into somebody at the grocery store, who's looking good, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to know who's looking good at training camp, and uh, that's what we're going to try to kind of reveal over the course. Don't pretend of- like you grocery store shop, by the way. Oh, I, I definitely, you'll, you'll see me out there. Nah, see, I'm, you know, I got dinner at the facility here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my, during training camp, when you're working late and you get dinner at the facility, grocery shopping stops. That is, yeah, you grocery shop down there in the cafeteria. <laughs> well, I just eat enough for me. You know, <laughs> kids, you can forge for yourselves, you know, granola bars. Dad, dad's full. Dad's full, yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so Garrett, what's kind of been the, the biggest thing that has uh, stood out to you? I'll tell you the thing that I think, is most impressive is I am really caught. I'm struck by how good the passing game looks at this point. I think that Lamar Jackson has continued to play the way he did at the end of minicamp where he just looks really sharp. Mm -hmm. And that has just continued in a training camp. Like, and it's not just Lamar low. That's why I said the entire passing game. And there was like all the talk about the receivers and, and, we spent plenty of time talking about that, but the passing game as a whole, I think, looks better than I expected early on. Lamar hasn't thrown a pick yet. Yep. Um, Rashad Bateman, I think, has had a really strong start to camp. Isaiah Likely has had a really strong start to camp. Of course, Mark Andrews looks like his regular old self, who's going to be a monster. Right. Duvernay, now he suffered, you know, a little bit of an injury in Saturday's practice, but he's, he's been looked pretty really, solid. He's yeah. looked he's looked very good, I think. Yeah. James Perche, Tyler Wallace. Like all those guys have looked to me better than they did during OTAs and minicamp, you know, like, and, and not that they were struggling then or, or whatever, but like, I'm not seeing, you know, they had some drops in OTAs and minicamp. I have not seen that during training camp. It seems like they've really kind of maybe focused on that during time off. They've, they're doing a better job catching the ball and some tough catches. Tyler Wallace has made some very tough extended grabs. Rashad Bateman, the same, um, and so I think, you know, for the wide receivers, the big question is, all right, are the Ravens going to have to sign somebody? You know, in, in the early parts of training camp, if I'm Eric DaCosta and I'm looking at this, and, and he might very well still pull the trigger if a move mm-hmm. makes sense. I'm not sitting here ruling it out, but I'm just saying, if I'm watching practice and I'm the GM, I'm saying, they're looking pretty good. Like, they're, they're making a case for themselves here to be the guys. And I, th- I think that they have made that argument. That doesn't mean it's the final one. They don't make the decision of whether a wide receiver is signed or not. But like, I think they've held up their end of the bargain. I'll say that. I agree. And I, I you know, listeners have heard me say many times that I would expect the Ravens to sign or add a receiver to this yeah. team at some point before the start of the season. But I honestly feel like I'm starting to feel less confident in that opinion b- based on the way that these guys have been playing and how good the passing game has looked. Yeah. I, I just think that like, there's it's just been really solid it's been it's been now i think the area that i have continued to stress on is the fact that there's not much depth there's very little depth particularly at wide receiver well yeah. you've already seen a hit at t- 
tight end with Charlie Kolar uh, going, mm-hmm. you know, being sidelined because of the sports hernia, and he's going to be out a while. Right. So your depth there is is very limited. So that's where, you know, if Devin Duvernay's, you know, die bruise, which I don't expect right. to be a serious thing, but if that were to sideline him for any significant period of time. Right. If that, let's just say that had been worse or yeah, whatever, yeah, then yeah. like they'd be in a pickle. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I think the question there, and that was, I was just going to bring that same point up. The question also is like some of these, these guys that are competing for a fifth wide receiver spot mm. have looked pretty good too. Like Shamar Bridges has looked good, you know, um, Jalen Moore has had a good game. Had a Moore. really big catch on Saturday at the stadium. I think that he's somebody that's in that in that mix. Yep, Jalen Moore is definitely in in that mix. Uh, the Alabama kid, Slade Bolden, Slade yep. Bolden yep. is in that mix. I think too. Um, so you're also saying, you know, well, if we if you sign somebody, they're going to take that spot, right? So how much better is that person than these unproven, you know, undrafted rookies or or you know. Not in the case of Jalen Moore, he's not an undrafted rookie anymore. But, um, you know, that's part of the equation too. Like those guys who would fill that that depth kind of spot as a fifth wide receiver and play special teams, um, they've looked pretty good. Yeah, you know. So now, you know, I'm not sitting here putting all my eggs in an undrafted rookie basket mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. It, you know, a few days into training camp, um, a veteran who's done it and whatever. You know, you can feel more confident. I think, rest assured. But like, that's something to factor in certainly, is to keep in mind how those players are playing. Yeah, and I just think the biggest obvious factor here in the development of the passing game is the quarterback. And that's kind of an obvious statement, but, like, Lamar looks really good. He looks really good. He bulked up this offseason, and he thinks, and I think his receivers and pass catchers think that that has made an impact on the way he's throwing the football. He's added elements of that back shoulder throw mm-hmm. uh, to his game, which he said was a big point of emphasis this offseason. And if they can kind of hit that with some consistency, then I think that's going to open up things even more over the middle of the field, some of the deep stuff that they want to do that. Right. It just kind of adds another layer to this offense. So, Well, and that was that – was, Lamar had a ton of success in 2019 really dissecting the middle of the field, mm-hmm. right? Tight ends. He loves throwing the tight ends, uh, crossers, all that stuff over the middle field was really where he just – Nom, 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 <laughs> just feasted uh-huh. in 2019 during the MVP year. Uh, and, and so kind of the next step in his progression as a passer, and whenever I talk about Lamar Jackson as a passer, I just want everybody to know he's a, he's a great passer, right? But he can improve, right? This is the evolution of Lamar Jackson. We all knew what it was going to be, right? And so like the next step for him was to hit those outside the numbers throws more consistently. Right. And we're seeing that. Right. And, and he even said that, like you said, that's a focus of his. That was a focus of his this offseason is throwing, you know, a tighter spiral, more velocity, get that ball outside the numbers, put it in the spot consistently. And we are seeing the fruits of that labor. Yeah. Like I, everything that I have seen from Lamar so far over the course of this training camp is that this is going to be a monster year for him. I yeah. really feel that way. Yeah, I really I really believe that. And. You know, it's not just like we're drinking the purple Kool-Aid here and saying that everything's great. I, I just think that based on everything that I've seen, based on what I've heard from his teammates, he's going to have a really, really big year. Yeah. So the the other thing, too, is is this isn't based on what's happening on the field, but the contract situation. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. So if he's going to have that big year, you definitely want to ink it right now, right? Ink that contract. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that puppy signed, sealed, and delivered. I, um, I, I've been impressed. I'll tell you, I, I've been really impressed with the way that he's approached it. Um, 
Yes. He is not allowed it to become a distraction. I thought Rashad Bateman said it well last week. He said, if Lamar's not worried about the contract, we're not worried about the contract. He showed up here. No holdout, no hold in, none of that stuff. Yep. He's here. He's participating. And the conversations are ongoing. Yeah. I, th- I think that it's really impressive. I mean, we did see some holdouts from other players around the league who are in the, this similar situation. Um, Lamar has not done that. That speaks to him. I think in large part, it really speaks to the trust in the relationship that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson have, right? Lamar was clear. Well, let me just pause and say, from what we heard from Lamar, it certainly sounds like things are progressing, Yeah. right? It sounds like a contract could be reached at any time. I keep checking my phone constantly. Yeah. While we're recording, I'm checking my phone to yeah. see if we get the alert, right? Like, it could happen at any time. I, and that's the feeling that I got hearing from Lamar in the press conference. Um, but to what I was saying earlier, I think it really speaks to that relationship and that trust in that Lamar does, doesn't want his business out there. He never wanted any of this to be public. That's just who he is. That's how he wanted it, right? And the Ravens, nobody's leaked anything. There's been nothing. <laughs> Nobody knows anything. We heard from Jess Zubek. You know, he's like, this is his job yeah. just to find this stuff out and he can't find anything. Yeah. And that really speaks to um, just both sides playing this straight up, you know, and, and, and respecting each other and their desires. And I think that that will pay off, you know, in, in just how an agreement is reached and, and this whole thing, like it's just, it's a difficult situation when a player represents himself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not, that's not easy. Yeah. Right. And it's just been expertly navigated the whole way through. And that's a testament to both sides. I totally agree. And I also agree with your point that like, it just seems like the headwinds are moving in the direction of getting a deal done before the season in yes. my mind. Yes. You know, Lamar said that he expects to reach a long-term contract. There will be a cutoff point. You know, he didn't he didn't give the exact day, but yeah. you know, that's natural. You don't want to be kind of in the middle of the season and I mean, kind of the the presumed thing was that this isn't going to go into the regular season. Right. That right. was kind of the presumed cutoff point that he was referring to. Yeah. I took it that way as well. And I think that a deal will get done. And, you know, John Harbaugh talked last week about how he feels like both sides are obviously, you know, very motivated, uh, mutually motivated to get a deal done. And, and I think it will happen. And um, I just, I, as again, a lot of players, I think that whole thing would be a distraction, especially when you add in the element of representing yourself. You know, you go yeah. out to practice and then, okay, well, I got a little time here. Let me swing up to the GM's office and maybe hammer out some finer points of this contract. Like that is a, a very unique situation in contract negotiation. And by all indications, Lamar has not allowed that to be a distraction to him and his teammates don't feel like it's a distraction either. I also think that it's, um, you know, we don't, we know no details on this. I just think that it's also requires Lamar had to trust the Ravens and, and we don't know who's working on with Lamar. If anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he's running these contracts by, who knows who, yeah. a lawyer or whatever, financial advisor, whatever, we don't know, right? But, like, there's also trust on Lamar's part that the Ravens aren't going to try to pull something over on him, right? Like, like that, like they're not working with an agent, they're working with a player. Like, he has to trust them that, like, we all are working towards the same goal of looking out for each other and what works for both sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and the Ravens have to trust Lamar that, like, He's also bargaining in good faith with them. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just really impressive. I continue to be impressed by the whole by how it all goes down. Look, if there wasn't trust, there wouldn't be negotiations. Yeah, it's true. There just right. wouldn't be. And Lamar is somebody who 
as we've talked about before, keeps a small circle. Trust is important yep. and privacy is important. Yep. And uh, those things have been able to be navigated really well. So um, well, we saw that in the Marquise Brown trade too, how that, that stayed quiet for yeah. a long time. Both, both sides had to trust each other on that. Yep, totally. So, all right, let's get back to the field in terms of some things that yep. kind of stand out. Um, one other player I mentioned him briefly in the passing game, but I think that he bears a little bit more conversation is Isaiah Likely, yep. the rookie tight end. And I'm always a little hesitant, you know, to to blow a guy up a little too much early in camp when the pads haven't come on yet and all that stuff. But man, he just continues to show up and make plays, and it sure seems like he's going to be a really impactful piece of this passing game. And when you listen to his teammates, like Mark Andrews says, "Oh, he's got shades of me in him," and Lamar Jackson says, "He's, he's baby Mark." Baby Mark, right? Like, okay, so they're seeing the same thing. They right. feel like this guy's going to be really. They're good. stepping on the gas. They're not pumping. <laughs> Exactly. It's always funny when they say stuff like that, and it's like, well, I don't want to blow him up too much. You just call him Baby Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks really good, you know. And I've, I've might have to eat my words. You know, I said I think it's going to be tough for these rookie tight ends to have that big of a role in the offense. The way it's going, you know, I, I'm not saying that you know Isaiah likely is going to sit here and catch 70 balls, but like, I think he's going to be a factor for sure. And this offense is the way it looks. Um, and, and that also plays into this whole wide receiver conversation that we're having in the depth at wide receiver. And, you know, if the Ravens have not invested this offseason in, in, in uh, a wide receiver in terms of free agency or the draft, but they did get this guy that kind of has shades of wide receiver in him. Um, and I think that they can deploy him in multiple ways. So it is going to be very interesting to see how big of a niche uh, he will have in the beginning of the season. And now, you know what it, it reminds me of a lot is previous years where the Ravens drafted two tight ends and one of them gets hurt in training camp or whatnot. And the other one just gets more of an opportunity and grabs the bull by the horns. That's what's reminding me, you know, it's Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews back from 2018. You know, I mean, I think we saw it with Ed Dixon and Dennis Pitta early in their careers. Um, sometimes it's not the worst thing to be the second tight end drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. So I just actually pulled up Hayden Hurst's stats as, as we were talking here. And when you're trying to kind of guess as to what sort of impact he'll have. Well, now, he missed the first, I think, four games yeah, or so H of his Hayden missed the first four games. I mean, in Hayden Hurst's first season, he just kind of missed the opportunity. And by the time he got back on the field, Mark Andrews had established himself. And right. that, that kind of was honestly the case for the rest of his career. Mark yeah. just became the, the number the one tight end. Um but so Hayden's rookie year, he only had 13 catches, 163 yards. His second year, and this is what I'm curious to get your take on. His second year, he had 30 catches, 349 yards, two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that is a that big that big uh, touchdown against the Bills that second year? Yeah, that where he caught and ran on that one, oh, turned on big, the Jets, big one. But do you think like that is what you would expect out of Isaiah Likely this like, year? Like Hayden Hurst's second year, his numbers second this year, year, thirty for three fifty and two touchdowns. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. And I really think that like when the offense, when they had both those tight ends, <clears throat> Hayden didn't make a ton of catches, right? But like he made some really critical catches that Bills catch, and then there were some big plays that he made on third downs and things like that. I just think that yep. having that weapon was really valuable to Lamar that season. Yep. And I think it could be the same thing this year when if Isaiah likely continues to progress the way that he has, at least in early in camp. Yeah, I mean, the Duke and Ben, really soft hands. That's the thing that stands out to me the most about him is he looks extremely natural catching the football. It looks very easy to him. Like, he doesn't fight it at all. He just 
just it can bend and pluck out. It doesn't have to be right. The numbers, you know, he can get it outside of his body. So, um, yeah, impressive guy. All right, so let's go to the offensive line uh, because there's been lots of focus, obviously, on the line this offseason. We're getting some clarity. It's not by any means settled, but the left guard situation, that competition there, Ben Powers is leading the way there, and it's been Ben Powers and Tyree Phillips taking reps with the first team. Ben Cleveland uh, missed the first four days of practice because he didn't pass his conditioning test. Right. Um, so he wasn't able to get on the field, finally did pass it and got back on the field. But um, the, it seems like Ben Powers has is in the driver's seat at least. Yes. But I don't think he's fully buckled in and the car's driving. Well, yeah, the passenger's right sitting right there. Okay. He's ready. It's like the one hand on the wheel kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just in case he starts swerving a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Tyree Phillips is sitting right next to him. Yeah. Um, so uh, Ben Cleveland's in the back seat for now. Yeah. He's got to climb up to the passenger front yeah. seat yeah. right now. I mean, if you, if you miss the start of camp and those other guys. You're in the back seat. Yeah, they, they have the opportunity. <laughs> yep. So, uh yeah, I mean, you know what you have in Ben Powers, right? I mean, he, of of everybody in this competition, everybody has kind of their strong suit. Ben Powers is experience. He started, I don't know how many off the top of my head, a number of games, I mean, more than a dozen games in the NFL, right? And so that has value. And and he's just, he's just a solid, gritty blocker, you know? Um, so I think that the Ravens would be totally fine if Ben Powers was a week one starter. Uh, I think Tyree Phillips is an athlete, more athletic than Ben Powers is. I think maybe he has a, a bit more upside than Ben Powers. The ceiling is a little bit higher probably, um, but he doesn't have as much experience. He's had injuries. He's been out of position over his career. Now I think now he has this chance to really work at left guard. And if to me, if Tyree Phillips can really sharpen himself at left guard, use training camp as this opportunity that he's long desired to really kind of blossom at that position. If he, takes advantage of that wouldn't surprise me if he were the week one starter either. Yeah. And I also think that the early part of camp before the pads come on, like, yes, there's only kinda, so much you can say. Exactly. Like it kind of helps set the foundation, but by no means is anything to start, anything decided in the trenches, like right. at all. I, I just think that this week is going to be really kind of enlightening to see how the, that, that position looks and, well, and then training camp or the rest of training camp, of course, but then the preseason. Like well, preseason will help determine. I think. I think expect both those guys to play there in the preseason. Like I don't. Oh, and Ben Cleveland. Like let's not rule out rule yeah. out Ben Cleveland by any stretch of imagination. He might be in the back seat for right now, but like there's still a lot of camp. Yeah. You know he's missed four practices, and it's not good. It's not the good the right foot to get out on. You know at the start of camp, but like we've seen this from players before, and they've certainly recovered and been fine. I mean. How much were people concerned about Lamar missing OTAs? Seems like it's okay now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so Ben Cleveland can certainly uh, be back in this competition full tilt and and be a contender to be the week one starter. Yeah, I think another, just on the offensive line real quick, we had Morgan Moses on last week. If you haven't listened to that, go back and and check out that one. Just a really likable guy. He's going to be great at right tackle. Just kind of solidified that spot. And I will be really paying close attention to Tyler Linderbaum as the pads come on. Linderbaum basically has stepped into the starting center job from the day that he arrived here, which yeah. is what you expect out of a first round pick, but also like no small feat to just well, move in. Diff- I mean, it's not like Kyle Hamilton right now. You right. say, oh, absolutely. He's the week one starter playing 100% of the snaps. 
That's right. your, but you are saying that for Tyler Lindbaum. Right, you it's are. A lot. <laughs> exactly. And, and there's a lot of responsibility there on that center position. Right. And that's no, like, nothing about Kyle. It's just, like, that's how it kind of works on the offensive line. Like, you're a first-round pick, and on the offensive line, you don't rotate, really. Yeah. You know, you play very, re- occasionally you do, but you're playing 100% of the snaps. So who's going to be the guy? It's going to be you. And... Well, you know, Tyler Linderbaum, the, the knock on him is that he's undersized, that he's right. a little smaller guy. Well, he's got so, his hands full with Michael Pierce. Yeah, so now he's <laughs> going to get out there and get the pads on, and this will be a chance, I think, for him to kind of show, to prove himself a little bit. You know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, a lot of eyeballs on him, and I'm sure that he's pretty excited about these first few days of pads to let some of these NFL players know that he's up to the challenge. Yep, yep. And and I do think that Michael Pierce is a great uh, measuring stick for him. I mean, you know, the talk was, well, some of these bigger like really physical heavy guys is Linder up bomb going to be able to move those guys. Michael Pierce is a big boy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and a very strong dude like Calais Campbell, you know, is he going to have to move Calais off the line of scrimmage? That's another large human being, <laughs> Travis Jones, big man, right? Like the Ravens have a very big defensive line. So that's a great test for Tyler. Linderbaum. I'm also on Travis Jones. You mentioned him. Like I, I'm, I think he's had a pretty solid start. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be another one that Michael I want to see. Him. Yeah, I want to see how he does as the pads come on because I think that he's going to be kind of a sneaky important player on this team and on this defense mm-hmm. uh, on that in that defensive line rotation. Yep. And I, I've liked what I've seen from him, Michael Pierce. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think Michael Pierce. You know, there was some you know online chatter about his waistline. You know, reporting, but he, passing conditioning test. That's check. Yep. Step one. Uh, and sure, does he look, he, he looks pretty big, <laughs> but a, let's not forget nose tackles are pretty big. Yep. They're not known for being svelte. Yeah. Right. They're not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so like, whatever, I, I'm not worried about Michael Pierce, especially after I, I've seen him practice. Yeah. You know, I mean like do burst up the middle at the start of 11 on 11s on Friday for what would have been a sack, like look pretty fast, Mm -hmm. you know? So like oftentimes over the, the history of training camp players have worked themselves into shape a little bit. I don't think he's like that far off where it's a concern. His weight isn't a concern to me at all. Yeah. So in terms of other positions on this defense, what kind of observations have you made? I I think the secondary is really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not even seeing the full secondary yet because Marcus Peters is not back on the field. But that has up that that's opened the opportunity for Brandon Stevens to get a ton of work with first team offenses and outside corner in camp. Yeah. So what I don't know what what kind of other observations do you have about the defense? Well, I'll say this also really for the corners is you do have to wait for the pads to come on for them too because you know they're not they can't play the ball down the field as intensely as they want to. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not supposed to be making a ton of contact down the field and, and wiping these receivers out. You know what I mean? Um, So, but I I think that the cornerbacks have been good. You know, I think that uh, Jalen Armour Davis has looked very solid. You know, my feelings about Pepe looks great. Um, Yeah. I mean, at at safety, I think that it's been interesting. Like Kyle Hamilton is, he has to earn his first team reps. You know, he hasn't been like consistently the first team guy all the way through practice. Like they've, rotated in players and, and what we expected with Chuck Clark. Like he's got a lot of, you know, first team run. Uh, and, and I think that he, Marcus Williams also is, is also still adjusting to this defense and getting used to the the scheme and things like that. Um, but they all look good. Like I think the secondary is just top notch. 
Yeah. That's going to be the strength of this defense. It was interesting to hear Mike McDonald say, well, we're still figuring out who our best players are and how we're going to cater our defense to that, right? And who's going to be on the field in what situations. I, I feel pretty confident that at the end of the day, Mike McDonald's going to say, well, the secondary is the strength of this defense, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, that looks good. One position I think that really bears noting, outside linebacker, mm. Odafe Owe. I mean. You like what you've seen? Oh, I think I, I think this could be the double-digit sack year for yeah, Odafe Owe. I, I could see him getting double digits. <clears throat> I, I agree with that. Which would be huge. I mean, that would be, a, that, you, you know, you're a 10-sack guy. That's pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I could certainly see that for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when Tyus Bowser gets on the field. You know, once he's back on there with Owe, Ojabo's still unsigned. Uh, and still not healthy. And still not healthy, so that's a TBD. But, you know, Justin Houston looks good in training camp early parts, as we expected. I expect him to, as you've talked about in Final Drive, uh, have a bigger year than he did last year. Dalen Hayes, you know, I would say that I, I haven't he hasn't popped off my radar as much as he was in minicamp, um, but still got my eyes on him. Yeah. Um, so... I'm not, I'm not, I think, as worried about the Ravens' pass rush as some people are. Well, yeah, all of a sudden, if you get, let's just call it 10 sacks. From OA. From OA. And then I've already said that I think Justin Houston is going to see an increase. So let's just say he goes up to seven. Six, seven, yeah. Six, seven. You know, <clears throat> that would be significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, you feel like the pass rush is in a much better shot and then of course then you're going to get some blitzes and things like that and maybe Clayus Campbell sees a slight uptick he has not put up the kind of sack numbers here in Baltimore as he has previously in his mm-hmm. career that I already mentioned Travis Jones but the Ravens like his ability to get to the quarterback Michael Pierce when he joined us on the podcast he does think that getting to the quarterback is something that he needs to continue to add to his game and he wants to do so yeah I I, I think that there's been some encouraging signs there from the outside linebackers also let me just go back real quick to the secondary because on Kyle Hamilton and there's been talk about Kyle Hamilton. There was a play where he got beat by Bailey Gaither uh, in the stadium practice. And that clip has basically gone viral. And you know, Kyle Hamilton gets on Twitter and says, man, I'm getting, I'm getting roasted on this app right now. And been there. Been there Kyle. <laughs> so, you know, he's taken some heat uh, for that play in particular. And of course it was not like a, a good route or good defense there by Kyle. It wasn't a good play. He had a right. rough play. Okay. Bailey yeah. Gaither beat him on that play. Um, but I still really like what I've seen from Kyle Hamilton. Also, you got to keep in mind that like, he's not an outside matchup corner. That's not what his, his job is going to be. He's going to fly all over the place. Also with these drills, the defense is at such a disadvantage. Oh, God. You, a one-on-one drill in the middle of the field. There's no, there's no pass rush. There's no help anywhere. The whole field is at the wide receiver's disposal. Yep. They, they can run any route in the book. Yep. It's it's definitely haver, heavily uh, in their favor. Exactly. They're they're starting, they're starting two steps ahead on right. those routes. And I know those drills, but I love those drills because they're an entertaining portion of practice and like you get really competitive portions there. Right. But, but if the DB gets like a pass breakup, if the pass does not get completed, that's a big win for the DB. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And also, so <laughs> I'm just not going to overreact to one drill of one practice without pads where Kyle Hamilton got burnt. I'm yeah. just not. I still think that he is going to be 
an excellent player. And I think that he's working his way into this defense. Like, there's a lot that goes into that position. And also, the Ravens want him to to be able to kind of play a, a versatile role on this defense. Like, it's 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 slightly different than Linderbaum in the sense that like Linderbaum, you're the center, right. you're the center, you're the guy, you handle that spot. Where Kyle Hamilton, you got to learn both safety spots, and then also maybe some of the stuff where you're coming up in the box and you're u- getting used in unique ways. Like all of that is on his plate, so he's got a heavy, a heavy workload, and he's got to learn the defense and all that stuff. But do not count me as somebody who is concerned look, from one of those routes that goes <laughs> viral on Twitter. Look. Uh- you know, a month ago, we were all sitting here talking about how Kyle Hamilton's going to be an absolute monster, how he's going to be a stud. That, that does not change because of one route. Yeah. Nothing has changed on, on that front. Yep. I'll just leave it at that. Yep, totally. Um, so, yeah. One other person I want to mention before we sign off here, Patrick Queen. It's really important for Patrick Queen to take a, another step forward in year three really important to this Ravens defense. And like the more that you hear from coaches and teammates, the more I feel like they are confident that he's going to be a dude this year. And I've seen it for him coming downhill. I told him after practice one day, I said, I saw that like he shot that gap and was four yards in the backfield uh, for what would have been a tackle on justice. Hill. I mean, when that dude knows what's coming, when he reads it quickly and reacts, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to find a linebacker who's faster downhill than Patrick Queen. Yeah. Right. Now, coming downhill is not really a. His tackling has been a question that's been a, a sore spot at times in years past. So, pads coming on, all that you know, they're not doing live tackling out here, but like that will be something that he needs to continue to be on point about. Right? Is his tackling, uh, and his coverage has been the other thing, and I think that we have seen progress, you know, progress in that area too. Uh, but it's it's good to see him running kind of like we saw over the second half of last season more and more when he seemed to be more in a position that catered toward his strengths. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude can motor around yeah. the field. Well, that was his, you know, that was the, when he was the drafted, scouting it was report. Like, it was like, this can guy run. can fly. And, yeah. I, and we've seen that at times. He's chased down some running backs, and he's shown off that sideline to sideline speed at, at times. But, like, seeing him shoot that gap, yeah, like that downhill – really to me is like he's he read that immediately he knew where that was going and it was great to see Patrick Queen seems to be really fired up to have Zach Orr as his position coach and Mike McDonald as his defensive coordinator he knows both of them who were here his rookie season and I think that will make a difference I think the key for him will be to keep that processing speed at a really high level once you get into a game atmosphere and you know that's I think where the test will come um but I think I've been, I've been, I think, I would say, I've been high on Patrick Queen even when he's got criticized. Like, I just think that he's going to end up being a really good linebacker for the Ravens. And I think that this year, if you, if you watch the great feature video, if you haven't done so, this is a little plug. Our video productions crew went down to his house in Louisiana this offseason and caught up with him as he was training, talked to his family. And one of the points that his family made, and Patrick said this and his dad said this in the piece, like year three for him has been a breakout season in high school. It was his breakout season in college. And so now he has that opportunity to continue that trend in the NFL. And I think that he's on his way to making that happen. Agree. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to a few of your emails. All right, Ravens fans, the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, and it still has daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have some skin in the game. So this is simple. 
Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players. You try to stay under that salary cap, and then you sit back, and you watch your points pile up. So now you know how to play. Download the DraftKings app today using the code FLOCK. Again, that code is FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. You can get that done at DraftKings today. You didn't so, read the eligibility requirements. Yeah, like you lo- that's your favorite part. You love the eligibility. <laughs> I do run through that pretty eligibility. smoothly. It's, it's, you try to make your... Eligibility. Oh, you have to really make sure you're on point with that well, one. it's like a commercial, you know, the, the fast, the, like yeah, the, yeah. To turn up the speed at the end of a commercial. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> but you were better. You were smoother. I'll give it to you on the read. <laughs> <laughs> it was not as robotic as my reads. All right. All right. So <laughs> we got some emails here. As always, you guys can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. This is an email that's from Joseph Eckert, um, and he says, go talk to Eric DaCosta. I'm not sure if Joseph knows this, but that's not how it works. We don't just you know run up there and say, hey. <laughs> Shove a some, mic in his face. I got some ideas for you. But he says that after seeing the Deshaun Watson news, can, we go, can you go ask him if we can add a receiver and a pass rusher? October <laughs> 23rd is coming fast. Week 7 against the Browns is going to be a big game. So, uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson, if you haven't heard, uh, Browns quarterback suspended for the first six games. His first game back will be against the Ravens week seven. Well, that's if it holds uh, now. If it holds. If as NFL it stands today. It. As it stands today. Right. Um, but to Joseph's question, like, <clears throat> he's saying go get a receiver or a pass rusher. What? <laughs> Deshaun Watson doesn't change the offense. It doesn't change. Right. You could say the pass he's rusher just saying piece. the Browns are better, so we have to get better. Yeah, that's his point. That's his point. Basically, <laughs> yeah. just elevate the entire... I don't know, man. Like we, I, when we had Jeff Zrebeck on, he made the point that he's not ruling out a pass rusher, and I've said many times that I'm not ruling out another receiver. But like based on what I've seen, I don't know that like I'm just not convinced that you necessarily need it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that you know, right player, right price. If that's sitting there, you know, and and you know, you're going obviously. You know, we could have injuries in training camp. That could always affect things. Uh, but, you know, the Ravens didn't have a ton of salary cap space to begin with. Yeah. Uh, going into training camp. Now, there were reports of a contract restructure that freed up more space. And I think that that news got fans all excited that something might be on the horizon. You know, an addition might be on the horizon. But let's keep in mind that Eric DaCosta has been pretty clear about his desire to always go into a season with some breathing room under the salary cap so that he can make trades. He can make additions to this team if there are injuries and you don't have to go completely, you know, you know, thrift shopping for somebody like I like to do all the time. (laughs) Um, So like he likes to have a cushion there of salary cap space. So Eric DaCosta does not feel, I think, you know, that that money burn a hole in his pocket. Like, he's going to be judicious about that. Also, you know, we don't know if the Ravens were to reach a contract extension with Lamar Jackson, whether that would impact this year's number, what his salary cap figure would look like uh, this year, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe the the extension would be on top of this fifth year, you know, just be beyond that in the fifth year he would play under what he's at now. We don't know. So uh, I, I just say that to say that the Ravens, I don't think, are sitting here flush with cash and just going to scoop up whoever, you know, they're not going to see the Browns. Oh, you know, they have Deshaun Watson back. We got to get better. Like, let's go sign somebody right now. If they felt like they could get better, they would have done it yesterday. Yeah, I don't think that the Deshaun Watson suspension <clears throat> news has any bearing on the no. how the Ravens are constructing their roster. No. Um, but they could still add a wide receiver or a pass rusher. Yeah. 
So just uh, on the pass rush front, I'll also mention this. Vince Beagle got some big kudos from John Harbaugh yeah. in terms of his physicality, his, uh, you know, always striving to be better and, you know, with his technique and all that, like a glowing review from John Harbaugh and Vince Beagle. So don't rule him out in this whole outside linebacker conversation. I don't think that he's ruled out at all. I think he's no. very much in the thick of that. Oh, and I, I think if I were he, putting together the 53 right now, I would put him on. Yeah, and he has that versatility that he can play inside, outside right. if needed, right. you know, in a pinch. He can play special teams. Um, I think that he may be playing his way onto the team. I agree. As a veteran player. Just a quick... If you were adding one position right now, would, would it be receiver or would it be outside linebacker? Uh, wide receiver. Okay. I just, I, I'm with you on that. And it's, I've already spent all this time talking about how impressed I've been with the passing game, but I still think the depth is just so thin there. Yeah. And so if you have an injury to Rashad Bateman or he's out for any period of time, then you could really find yourselves in a sticky situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bateman went down, it would be not good. Yeah. All right, another question here. This is from Patrick Kuhn. He's fresh off his vacation to the Gulf Shores. Highly recommends nice. it. Nice. So, welcome back. Again, this is a question about the Browns and Deshaun Watson and facing the Ravens in Week 7. He says, while this game is a ways away, I'd get, like to get your thoughts on here. Personally, I'd rather, of course, not play him, but I don't necessarily mind getting the first crack at him either on this new team. He goes into talking about how the Ravens had success against him when he was in Houston. So, What's your take? I mean, I guess I would say this. I think that obviously the Browns traded for him and gave him this massive contract uh, because he's good. He's good, you know, and they want, they think that he's going to be the, they think that he's going to be the player that puts him over the top. So that's yeah. why you give him 200, they gave him $230 million guaranteed. So, yeah. yes, I, I mean, I've never been one of those people that's always like, I want to play the best. I want all their best players. I want as few of their best players on the field <laughs> as possible. I would love that. Yeah. Like, I just, I want wins. That's yeah. what I want. I want wins. And whatever gets a win easier, that's what I like. Right? And so I would rather not face Deshaun Watson, but I ain't scared. Mm-hmm. I ain't scared, right? Because, you know, I, I think Deshaun Watson is a top 15 quarterback. Like, do I think he's... Like any, let's be, he hasn't played in what a yeah. year, over a year. Yeah. Right. And so, like, and he's going to have the pressure on him in that game is going to be huge. MT Bank Stadium is going to be rocking. The DR, you know, the Ravens defense is going to be fired up for that game, knowing if it stands, you know, this is, we want to say something. We want to show this guy's going to be in the AFC North for a long time. First game. Yeah. Let's welcome him to yeah. the AFC North. They're going to be fired up for that. Yeah. Totally. So it's going to be a good game. I, I, I agree with that. And like, Look, I, I get the point, Patrick, that he will have been sidelined for a long time. You're stepping. It, it is challenging. He's still better than Jacoby Brissett. Let's be honest. Exactly, but he's still a really good player. <laughs> right. So, like, I, I'm not like overlooking that fact. Right. Yes, he might be rusty, but he's also a great player. So you add that those two the things. The Ravens together. fan in me would love that Deshaun Watson's out there because it makes for a better game. Mm-hmm. The Ravens employee in me says. No, I just want to win the game. <laughs> you just want to win the game. <laughs> he makes that more uh, tangible. That's yeah. what I want. And and like you said, we'll see if the suspension holds, if the NFL appeals. It's still lots of questions, I think, yeah. uh, on that front. So uh, we always appreciate your emails. You can send us your questions every single week to the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Coming up later this week, we're hoping to catch up with a player guest. We want to have Tony Jefferson uh, yeah, stop by the podcast. Tony. That's our hope. Uh, to try to get some time with him, who's, you know, we didn't talk about him at all, but I think he actually is going to have a pretty 
important role on this team. Yeah. Um, and he's got a really interesting story. So uh, we're hoping to catch up with him and then also continue to give you our thoughts and observations from camp. So thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you again soon.